The car business is changing faster than ever, and now is the time for dealers and allied industry professionals to get ahead. Together, we'll explore practical ways to help your dealership thrive or get the best results from your account through leadership process and implementation. I'm Becky Chernick, and this is Make Your F&I Profits Stick. For our listeners, it's a pleasure to speak with Brian Kramer. He's the general manager of Germain Toyota in Naples, Florida. Today, we're discussing putting your F&I online. What a scary topic for many auto dealers. In a recent LinkedIn post, Brian states, Disney Magic Bands actually provide many answers to how automotive dealerships can bridge the gap between the physical showroom and digital showroom. So his post received 246 likes, 79 comments, and 22 shares. And some really liked the idea. Others, maybe not so much. Impressed, I wanted to dig in deeper. So let's find out what his thoughts are about Evanai engaging earlier online with a customer and how it will impact performance in that Evanai office. And we all know Evanai is the sacred cow. So let's hear it from the GM in the trenches. So, Brian, to get started, tell us what you mean by saying Disney Magic Bands actually provide many answers to how automotive dealerships can bridge the gap between the physical showroom and digital showroom. Well, I'll, I'll talk about it kind of from, a, from an F&I perspective because there's a lot of different ways that, that you can look at that. The Magic Bands going through the system, it's a little bit more costly up front. They had to invest a lot more infrastructure, more training, and a lot more clarity of expectations and looking at everything through the customer's lens. But they also are able to track through these magic bands and through the the location services on the app, how long and what the traffic pattern wait time flows are. So they can reduce the inefficiencies of waiting in line at these these Disney parks and also increase, uh, you know, top line revenue when they're coming off to buy more souvenirs and if they're not waiting in line, obviously they can spend more money in other retail places and and not just enhance the experience, but also generate more money doing it, which is very similar to what we're trying to do in F&I. And what we find is when people don't have to wait, that they buy more products. Yeah, well, um, I couldn't agree with you more there. So do you think it's, um, again, a wise decision to put F&I online? Um, you currently, um, what... Actually, what is your current F&I process when it comes to that? And also, what type of digital retailing platform are you using? Uh, what works? What's going on there? So I don't know that we, we've got kind of a MacGyver duct tape type process with a bunch of different yeah. uh, tech stack. But we start with the DR tool. We use Prodigy Upstart uh, for, for the origination of the deal, either online or in the showroom. The customer enters their information or we enter the information through a driver's license here in the showroom. Either way, however they the genesis of that deal originates, it then goes into our CRM, which we have then solutions. And from there we you know, pencil a, a first menu after that, we pull credit through Route One and we have CBK as a DMS. So throughout that entire process, and Darwin is our F and I menu tool. So at the at the end of all that process it, it is a completely paperless process we give them a usb drive with their i don't know what we call it, paperwork their documents mm-hmm. um yeah. but there's obviously a lot of bumpers and a lot of stops and, a, and it sounds pretty simple but it's very complicated to make something appear simple 
Gotcha. So how are your FNI people responding to meeting customers online, like engaging with them, that conversation? How does that all take place? I mean, well, it's different today than it was years ago or even a year ago. Uh, It was met with a lot of resistance. It was met with more resistance than cash deals because the perception was that you couldn't make money on them. They weren't profitable. It was like FedExing a deal sight unseen. And, um, you know, there wasn't a lot of profit opportunity. It's not perceived that way now. And in order to, so what happens now is, is that the time of deposit. So it doesn't matter if the customer's in the showroom, if they're a hundred miles away, they're a thousand miles away, which everybody that's listening to this podcast, I'm sure sells used cars all over the United States. When the customer consummates the deposit, that and the, and the salesperson goes to an FNI manager receipt in the deposit because we're going to run 100% of them, that's the trigger for them to pick up the phone and do a client interview. So they do a remote interview at that point. That, and then they may or may not be the person that's going to end up doing the documents. But mm-hmm. that's the trigger. So we at least make sure that we're giving them an out-the-door figure or if they want a menu or whatever it is that they're trying to accomplish, that we're still maintaining control and more importantly, we're going to give them a great experience because if we don't know that they're, uh, you know, let's say in Canada and they don't, and we don't take a Canadian check or all the different problems that come with verification of funds these days, we use check guarantee processes. So if whoever it is that they're using isn't something that we take and that they fly down here and they have to be here for three extra days, that's not in the best interest of the customer. So at that point, we can let them know that they should you know, prepare to get a wire transfer. We can try to sell products in that process and kind of explain to them the next steps and reset their clock so they don't think that, you know, that within 24 hours they're going to have everything done and they can leave and they don't really have to, ver- you know, verify their payment. Or There's a lot, lot, of, lot more things that go into it at that point in order to actually secure the transaction and make it go smooth. If we don't provide clarity of expectations up front, so, you know, because the worst thing could happen is they come in on a Sunday and we tell them, we, you know, we don't take that check from this credit union from XYZ, you know, out in the middle of BFE. Then they say, why didn't you tell me that? I could the bank's closed. Now I got to stay here another day, another night, you know, they get very upset. And we can, and all that can be avoided with a simple virtual remote over the phone F&I interview. So, you know, you and I talked a little bit before we got onto this podcast and talked about the importance of the interview and the physical element um, and that you um, or your FNI people understand the importance of going, going out and meeting a customer prior to bringing the customer into the FNI office for delivery. And I know I struggle with this in many of the dealerships across the country. Some of these guys just do not get the understanding, the importance of making sure that we have what we need to have. We have the nuts and bolts of really making sure that we have our deal straight before that customer makes their way into FNI. You mentioned, well, Becky, not only that, but I think it's even more important to have this established interview online. If I have my customer online that or maybe I'm doing an offsite delivery. I totally agree. <clears throat> it, it's significantly more important because it's, it's kind of a, um, like we talked about earlier, it's a sniper rifle approach compared to a shotgun. You don't get a second shot. The customers have way, you know, they're, they're doing other things. It's no different than how frustrated we get if Instacart or some, you know, grocery delivery gets our stuff wrong. It's, um, it's just disappointing. And you, you have no patience for it. That's why you paid a premium. And you paid a premium to not have to experience all that BS. 
And if we don't measure twice and cut once when we're doing that, and I don't know what questions on a F&I interview you wouldn't want to ask somebody over the phone prior to doing their documents, you know, how, how, you know, how's the vehicle going to be titled or registered uh, in one name, both names, you know, company name, LLC, whatever, how many miles a year do you drive? So you can make sure that the lease mirrors that. So that you don't have to read. I mean, every single thing that's on there, you or how many times do we not offer tire and wheel to someone? And then they come back a week later and say, Oh, why didn't you offer that to me? I, to- I could have told you I drive in areas with pot pot and where the roads aren't kept up and potholes and uneven and a lot of construction. And it happens all the time. And we don't ask those questions. And then we also lose the ability to, for, for the three most powerful words in uh, F&I, you told me. And you told me earlier that you drive on these types of roads and you do this and do that. I mean, I don't, I can't, I ask my team all the time, I can't think of a good reason. And they, they're not able to give one because I don't think there is one why you wouldn't do the interview prior to that. If you try to do a shotgun approach and uh, on these remote deals and virtual deals, your stomach will, will tell you to, you know, tap out on that and just work, focus on customers coming into the showroom because it's not for the faint of heart. It's not easy and it, it requires a lot more discipline, but the upside is, is well worth it. You know, we're, we're north of 23 to $2,500 depending on the month on remote deals. And I don't think it's because, you know, they're just buying them to buy them. They're buying it because we made it that much easier. It's that much easier to make a decision. And when it's smooth and streamlined, at least from their perspective, uh, mm-hmm. they buy more products and the deals happen quicker and, they, and the response is overwhelmingly positive. So how does your F&I people feel about in talking specifics in F&I? And I'm going to say this because, you know, for years, um, Brian, um, many advocates, dealers have often said, we're not talking specifics until that customer gets into the dealership and they're going to do it our way. And that's the way it's always been done. Don't talk specifics. Don't get into that minutiae. Whatever you do, let's just get them in the dealership. Now, oh, I you're saying managers. you were. It's <laughs> good to know, time. right? So, okay. So, how has that conversation changed now? I mean, now are are your F and I people are they really getting into these specifics before the customer gets into the uh, dealership? And for example. Um, you know, I had a great conversation with uh, Sarah Vantine, as you all know, from Quantum 5. She's amazing. She's, she is amazing. Awesome. And we were talking about how these calls get dropped in that black hole, never to be heard from again. Customers having questions with regard to specifics. In fact, I did mystery shopping and I would contact dealers on their website, on these chat services and these bots asking about specific information. And it shouldn't have been that big of a deal. I just wanted to know, subvented interest rate. Do you have a subvented, do you have a special program on this Honda? Do you have a special program on this Toyota? And everyone put me on this, I guess, hold for two minutes to three minutes before they got back and said, no, you've got to come back into the dealership to talk those terms. So what's going on in your dealership that's different? So if somebody wants uh, an answer, we just we just give it to them. And wow. you know, our slogan is uh, simple, fast, and easy. We stopped advertising price in April of 2020 and realized 
uh, Wendell Hardy, our GSM, and I were sitting there talking with uh, our marketing agency. We said, you know, I think that we've got to get away from price and payments, and we've got to figure out, and it's going to be a lot more difficult to advertise simple, fast, and easy. And how do we do that? What's that look like? And here's what we're trying to avoid. You know, anybody who's listening to this podcast knows what their house is worth, right, or has an idea. They either get on Redfin or Zillow or or whatever, but it's not because they called their realtor and they said, hey, you know, what's approximately, can you give me a ballpark on what my house is worth? Or they got on their MLS website and they made it public to the industry. So the reason why everybody knows their house is worth now and they didn't five years ago is because of all these third-party sites that they can go to to find out what their house is worth, which is really all that KBB and Edmonds and CarMax, Carvana, Vroom, it's what they did. They just gave the customers the information that they wanted from dealers that we were unwilling to give them. So our stance now is we're just going to give it to them. If they get onto a, a vehicle detail page on our website, click Jermaine Express, it's going to yep. take them through. They can buy the whole car start to finish. They can select their F&I products. The, the, the part you got to guard against is initially we put it on there, and there was only 6% of people clicking on that uh, F&I product. So we're sitting there looking at it, and thinking to myself, well, maybe maybe people don't want to buy F&I products themselves online. And then I started looking at it through the customer's lens instead of through my lens and looking at it, do they really know what VSC is or PPM? So that we just had acronyms. So then we had to change it to prepaid maintenance and vehicle service contract. And then we added videos and we had made it more dynamic. And <clears throat> it's not like, you know, 100% of them just like a robot buy them all because that's where we come in as human human beings to let them know it's what we do, right? We, we sell that's them on, exactly the, right. on what could happen because that's not what they do every single day. But we, you know, we're in Florida where it's regulated, so we don't discount the products. It just is what it is. But we tell them what they're going to be missing out on if they, you know, and what all the customers that come in here with tire and wheel service contracts, oh, I wish I would have bought that or I wish I would have done this. And all those horror stories, so those customers don't feel that way that those other customers felt that decided to pass on it because it wasn't, you know, buying a quality car, a reliable car, and don't realize it's just, a you know, like 22 computers attached to a, you know, motor vehicle. But once you get through past all that, the customers still will, they'll buy maybe 25%. So what I see is the future of F&I is being, you know, how much over that 25% can you generate? You know, we're, we're, we're at 68 to 72% service contracts. Maybe there's some artificial intelligence 20 years in the future. I don't, I don't know that that's the case, but where our, our team, which I put them up against anybody in the country, where they thrive is from 25 to 72%. And there's not really a computer that's going to replace that in my mind. A lot of people talk about single point of contact, and I, mm-hmm. you know, yes. my brain goes back and forth on that. Our salespeople, not all of them, but a, a large percentage of them are praising their own cars. I think the future of single point of contact is the salesperson does all of that stuff, including the appraisal. The used car manager just verifies and inspects it. And there's still an F&I manager because you've got to have a, a different mindset in F&I than it is in selling the commodity, the car itself. And, but it just shouldn't matter if they're at home remote. It doesn't matter here with any of our, uh, any of our customers it doesn't matter if they're here, if they're at home, if they're up north, they're down, you know, wherever. They're in another country. We just delivered a, the documents the other day on a customer in Switzerland that's going to come back on the second just to come in and pick up the car. They wanted it done ahead of time. And and we did it all remotely, securely, with an attestation trail, so it's completely compliant. 
uh, digital footprint and it's it's like a blockchain approach it's com- it's more there's no way for it not to be compliant because of the sequence that the process is is built so you know, I think that that is so important that we have a described process in place that we know and we can assure you know and uh, compliance and I think so many times dealers are not taking into consideration that when you are verifying or transferring documents between your store to um, maybe the customer you also want to make sure that it goes through proper verification um, to make sure again that those that person is who they say that they are because that is your requirement by law right to make sure that that person is who they say that they are and frankly you're on the hook for it so I don't know why you wouldn't want to make sure that again you you have done your um, checks and balances to validate and if it's that a re- person if it's is a re- remote deal in a state that requires wet ink which there's still I think 31 states that require it sure we hire a notary service to go out and, and finalize the documents just to make sure that we that somebody has verified the identity and we, it's not just IP addresses so right okay so um there are yeah definitely there are there are certain states that do require that what signature so that individual so when that vehicle is being delivered those are the documents whatever documents that are required by what signatures that's what you're obtaining so let's go back to that for just a second so there are other states however that you can actually do the complete um, digital signature via route one is that correct is that how you're doing it through remote through route one to complete that those documents and they upload not only obviously your they in the vault electronic vault for signature contracts etc but also you're populating all your dealer documents correct to be able to have the customer sign yeah so as they're signing them and they're built into packs you know, you've yes. got your, your lender pack, your compliance pack, your DMV pack, your trailing docs. Mm-hmm. It, Secure Doc 1 and Route 1 stores all those for, I think, it's six months. But we also okay. have that connected to uh, DISDA, DSDA, Document Storage. Uh, I forget what the other acronym is. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but where you pull up all the saved documents. So it makes it easier for the service advisors to pull up to see if somebody has prepaid maintenance that they bought and we put it in a certain sequence. So we also the first document to go in there, but it's all automated now. So it just automatically just rips the deal as, oh, as that's easy. It. Yeah. That makes it a whole heck of a lot easier. In fact, it's um, ironic that you mentioned this because later on today, I will be speaking with Steve, Stephen Apicella and his platform strategic um, FX DX. and yeah. Yes, DX. Yeah. And he is absolutely, this man is brilliant. Um, and in that he under, he sees it very similar to how you're seeing it and that the digital retailing does not end with selling the car. He believes he's, in the digital life totally cycle. Right. And he totally gets it. He's amazing as well. I mean, so are you. I mean, it's really good to be able to speak with GMs like yourself who are innovators, who are out there, who really understand the heartbeat, what's going on, the pulse in the industry and where it's going to. And so your M&A people, so they are getting better in that they really don't have an issue with um, talking specifics online with customers. They're doing um, they're doing the validation. It really does not... Um, 
it doesn't phase them to to do an online presentation like no they actually, did a year ago. What we find is is that we don't really do a lot of um, face-to-face virtual. The customers mm-hmm. that we talk to, and we, and we deal with an older demographic down here, but they still are doing the deal digitally, but they don't like to do it uh, video, like on Zoom. They prefer just to do it over the phone. But we give them the option. If they want to do it, that's great. And we still, through Darwin, will text them or email them the F&I menu and then we go over it with them. Mm-hmm. But in terms of, uh, you know, having a camera on, most customers prefer not to do that, I think, because they like to be able to do other stuff in the background, which is not what we thought. It w- we thought everybody was going to want to have to have a, you know, some Zoom type uh, interaction. And typically, like everything else, whatever you think it's going to be, it ends up being something else. And you know what? That's exactly right. Who would have ever guessed in a million years after this pandemic that we that we'd be selling more cars and making more with less? I mean, right? Who would ever guess that? Nobody, Nobody was did. guessing that. No. <laughs> but you were innovative enough to go ahead and reach out and say, we have different technology tools that we can put this deal together and we really need to wrap our heads around this. And if Carvana can do it, Varum can do it, so can I. So can we. And being as competitive and why not? What are they What are do they doing better. different than you are? Yeah. yeah. I think that they're behind where we are, you know, at this location. We're Because we're paperless, they're not. They can, you know, they're they're bringing vehicles remotely, but they and they've got transports. But I, you know, I've got forty three salespeople that can get on the road and take a car anywhere and pick up a car anywhere, and also appraise a car while they're out there, validate you know appraisals, and um, there's there's nothing that they can do that that we can't do. But, you know, at least at least here, I don't think there's anything. If if the whole industry aligns and and goes after this, I don't see how they even have a competitive advantage over us, and it's significantly more profitable doing it that way, which is why they're doing it. So I'm going to, so let me ask you this. You probably attend a lot more 20 groups than I do. What is that conversation all about? I mean, are dealers, are dealers paying attention? Are they seeing this um, as a way to be more competitive and, and wrapping their heads around doing F&I online? Are you seeing more of that? What is the conversation? So I think that the misconception is a lot of people say to me, well, how, what percentage of the customers go A to Z, start to finish completely online? And that number is anywhere from 5 to 7%. And they hear that number and they say, well, I'm not going to invest all that time and energy to, to, uh, for five to seven, some of those 5 to 7% of my business. But that's the amount of people that go straight from virtual selection, virtual appraisal, virtual credit app, virtual you know, menu presentation, virtual, uh, I'm talking virtual sales menu presentation, virtual F&I menu presentation, virtual F&I, you know, document signing, and then a remote delivery. <clears throat> That's 5 to 7%. But if you take a look at the percentages of each one of those steps and being able to progress it forward, it used to be that we would call customers up, hey, what if I was able to give you a better deal? What if I was able, if I did this, if I could, would you? And all this other stuff that goes along with that. But it's not about that anymore. Now it's about what if I remove this obstacle and made it easier for you? What if you could do, what if we could come to you and appraise the vehicle so you don't have to make another trip in here? What if, I know you're busy, what if we can do this virtually, agree to the numbers, and then once we get all that out of the way, you came back, you know, you could come back in or we'll come to you, whatever you want to do, we'll meet you where you want to be met. And we find that most people when we, you know, they want to come in and look at the car physically, 
drive it, the majority, not all, they don't like to work the numbers here in the showroom for whatever reason. Then I'm just talking about the data. Because it's not what I would want to do. I don't want to just knock it out. But they, the sales menu itself, they don't like working here. They like to work it typically with a sales manager or an F&I manager over the phone. And then they like to come back in and take physical delivery and just sign the documents and have everything agreed upon, everything ready when they get here. But there's a lot of different variations of that. Some of it could be virtual, physical, remote. <clears throat> any, any one of those pathways that you don't offer at your location, if somebody's able to have a salesperson, a competitor of yours, go out there and praise a car and you're not, that's a competitive disadvantage. That's, what, that's something that Carvana could have a leg up on. Or in this town that we would have a leg up on our competitor if they're not willing to do that. If they're not willing to let the customer tweak their payments or complete all their documents or up, you know, we can have them upload the driver's license, insurance card, fill out the credit app, enter the VIN, their license plate number, pretty much most of the paperwork because what they don't want to do is they want to come here and wait for an hour while we get all, all of our stuff together when mm-hmm. we should have already had it prepared to begin with. And that's the challenge with, you know, remote F and I is that you, it has to be, which it should be, should be done right, you know, correctly, but that's not the way it always is in this business. And, you know, sometimes you get to slow down to speed up. That's right. And F and I is the you know paperwork is the is the prime example of that. Amen. I can tell you, you're you're certainly talking to the preacher there when it comes to making sure that paperwork is 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 correct and having to bring customers back two and three times over to go ahead and complete a transaction. You got to be kidding me. And many of that could be, you know, we we wouldn't even have this conversation if we could just go ahead and, like you said slow down to speed up a little bit, right? How many times? How many times? And it's always made a big difference. And it certainly has always made a big difference in maximizing profits. And as you said, doing it the customer way, however, which way that they want to do it has not negatively impacted your F&I numbers. So I'm going to take you back a while. We, we also had this discussion 20 years ago and um, to menu selling. And it was a completely different thing back in, you know, when we implemented menu selling, I don't know, 20 some odd years ago in the Elder Nation stores, it was the complete opposite, frankly, Brian, of anything that I was ever trained to do. And I was working with the JMA group, Southeast Toyota, and we were doing the AEP. That's the way it was done. And now all of a sudden it was like, Beck, you're going to do the complete opposite. And I will tell you something, Brian, it intimidated me. It's like, you got to be kidding me. I've been trained this way and you want me to do what? You want me out there in the middle of the showroom and you want me presenting this menu to this customer and we're not bringing a customer back in the F&I office? What's up with that? So, and I think the, how do you the feel future about is that? not even going to have F&I offices. If you wow. think about the, the, you know, talk about the Disney Magic Bands, a yes. traditional timeshare uh, Westgate Villas or something like that has, has a traditional F&I office. I went to the Disney Institute when I was with Chevrolet and they showed us what they thought the future of retail was and the, and the way that they look at it is it's very non-confrontational. It's, it's more uh, living room style couches and iPads and you know meeting the customer where they want to be met instead of bringing them back into an office. And I think that the car business over the next five years is going to see a similar transition because at the end of the day disney vacation club is just another timeshare reseller but nobody thinks of them as selling timeshares and nobody going through that presentation has that anxiety and all that because they've they've broken through that 
stigma of what timeshares are and they call it something different. They use different words and they gave it, they give it a different look and feel without offices. And I think that's what it's going to take to break that mold with, uh, with the auto industry as well. That's a tough one because I got to tell you, I mean, I feel like having that experience, I can go out and deliver a menu all day long at a salesperson's desk. Wouldn't phase me in the least. I could care less if the customer's online. That doesn't phase me in the least, whatever that it takes, wherever the customer's most comfortable. One of the things that I liked about what we were, I also like, because I like a lot uh, what you're sharing with us, but these digital, uh, the digital menu. So are you utilizing, what digital menu provider are you using? And you mentioned that you're all kind of using iPads with customers. Is that in sales and in F and I? What what's happening there? So that that's a good question. So yes, we're using uh, regular iPads that have the Upstart Prodigy software on it to sell the car. That's collecting the data, and I'll I'll go into the the integration here in a second. But that okay. collects all the driver's license, the documents, the initial signatures in the sales menu, the agreement to provide insurance, all that sort of thing, right? Then we use iPad Pros in the F&I department. So if the co- you know we do the interview out in the showroom, and, and currently we could bring them back into the office. But that at that uh, that what do you call it? iPad Pro? You can mm-hmm. if the if the other co-signer isn't there, you can send them the document securely. You can text it. You can email it. It's a mirror image of whatever it is that you're looking at on the on the monitor. Because typically the monitor is turned around. There's a lack of trust because the customer can't see what you're looking at. And as you're trying to sell them, they're sitting there wondering what's going on. When you're collaborating with them and they can see that there's no, nothing being hidden and it's all straightforward and upfront on an iPad and they can sign this and they can select this, we find that they, it just flows. It's no different than at Amazon. You know, cu- customers that bought this also bought these. And right. it's just a different form of, of step selling. But our, our F&I menu is based on the same menu that you and I've been using forever, which is this the Jaminate menu. It's simple. It's like we talked about earlier. The the there's a reason why it works, there's a reason why it's successful. So we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. The process is the same on a remote deal, just over the phone. Or they're in the they're at the customer's house, but F and I manager gets on the phone or if it's a virtual deal, it's over the phone. And but it doesn't change what we say or, or we don't deviate from what we used to do. You just have to be a lot more precise, and you got to make sure that all, all everything's accurate. Because there's nothing worse than somebody calling up to do a remote deal because you have to schedule it like an appointment. Because you can't just say, "Yeah, we'll be here between the hours of one and five like a cable company. I mean, it's got to be <laughs> specific. Everything's got to be ready. So when they pick up the yeah. phone to do that, the worst thing that they can do is verify all the titling information. Oh no, I'm not titling it at my Ohio address. I'm titling it in Florida. Oh, okay, because that's not. You know, because they took it off the driver's license or whatever. And that's what causes the whole breakdown to occur. Yep. Then the odds of an F&I manager selling product on that deal go to virtually nothing. Because now that's they've right. lost credibility. They've got to go back and redo the deal. And that's why it's even more important on a remote or a virtual deal. So, Brian, in closing here, what would you say to dealers, auto dealers, in trying to wrap their head around or embracing, you know, meeting customers on their terms online, you know, as it pertains to the golden goose, protecting the golden goose at all costs, I get it, but really kind of embracing 
what do they need to do to make it work? Now, I say this because the idea is great. What you have done is great. You've managed to um, be more proactive and putting these policy and procedures in place to meet customers on their terms. But there's some hard work that's involved in this. It's not just something that, hey, oh, by the way, we're going to go ahead and meet customers online and here we go. There was a little bit of work that was involved in this. So could you and there walk was a us tremendous through amount of pain. what that was all about? Yes. So one of the first things that has to happen is if you think of it like a Rubik's Cube, when you're, you can get very frustrated very quickly when you get, you know, whatever there is, nine squares on the one side and there's eight and you're missing the one and you're like, and you can't get it to unlock correctly. That's very much like getting your digital retail tool to connect with your CRM, your desking tool, your appraisal tool, your DSP, your, your dealer tracker, route one, and then your DMS. And to get all those to say the same thing, it's a very frustrating thing. You, and we literally have a Rosetta Stone of what acronyms are for front-end surface protection. Where does it go? What is it in Route 1? What is it in each one of these categories so that we can use the same acronym so that the DMS is picking it up and it doesn't have a when Each time you push the data from one system to another, it doesn't send it off into Never Never Land, which if you don't have all that stuff mapped, to back-end product, front-end product, capitalized, non-capitalized, upfronts, fees, tax, taxable, non-taxable, all that stuff takes a very, very long time, which is why I think that many people, you know, just find a workaround and get get past that. So I think that that's one of the first things is to slow down, sharpen the blade instead of keep sawing. What's the most efficient way to do this? How do, we, how do you declutter your tech stack and make it so that the data doesn't have to get pushed so that it has to get pushed the least amount of times. It's called like that. That's the the first thing. The, the next thing is getting them mentally prepared and selling the team on what it should look like in the end. And do they agree that that's what it should look like? And in most cases, they're going to say, well, yeah, I'd love to, for somebody to be able to order a pizza like Domino's Pizza. But Papa John's to this day does, cannot do what Domino's has done because they had four-year head start. So if you don't get that sort of head start and get the culture of the team going in that direction it's going to be that much more challenging and then just like you know changing uh you know installing fni menus when everybody said that was crazy or all the other things that go along with it that now are just the way it is a lot we had a lot of pushback a lot of pushback about these remote and virtual deals so what did we do we took our top two salespeople, promoted mm-hmm. them nick bastone yep. and Euro gonzalez we put them in and said okay that's fine they're going to handle them all and they didn't know any different, so they just kept applying the same, uh, you know, Jamie and A uh, process and did it yep. the same. They didn't know it was any different, and they were running fourteen hundred dollars a copy on cash deals, even on remote. And they didn't know what good or bad was. They just, you know, were consistent with the process. And then everybody said, "Well, hold on a second. How come they're getting all those deals? Because some of them they're making three and four thousand dollars on, because they were just making it easy." So uh-huh. then everybody wanted to do it. I said, well, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You either have them all, we're going to you know, put them in all in rotation or, or you're not. And now you know, we run north of $2,500 a copy and very, very minimal chargebacks. We've got some F&I managers that have you know, $500 a month in chargebacks that are generating you know, over 100 grand a month in, in F&I income because of the, in our average uh, CIT 
on a lot of deals, our volume is, is 2.7 days, whereas it used to run 12 to 13. Yeah. See, and just making sure that you have that consistent process in place. And I've talked about this, oh gosh, for a long time. <clears throat> Excuse me. Consistency really makes a big, big difference in kind of knowing where you are in that process. I mean, it just, you make a plan and you've got to stick to the plan. You and burn the ships in the harbor so there is no other way. And you've also got to make it easier for the associates. You can't just say that, you know, to do it. It had to be more painful not to do it and, and less painful to do it. So there was a ton of roadblocks and I still work on them today. And I'll be working on them this afternoon. Just how can I get rid of one or two more roadblocks in their way to make their lives easier? Talking to, I'm going to have a podcast um, with Mr. Dave Anderson. I'm sure you know who Dave Anderson is. And um, so we're going to be talking about, which I'm really excited about, how to survive success. And I hope dealers are paying attention to this because just because you're a leader, just because you're doing really good right now doesn't necessarily mean you can't do better. And just as you said, you're running $2,500 per car and you have less chargebacks, less headaches. You're getting your deals turned around 2.7 days funding off that CIT list. Give me a break. I mean, I got to say, if I was a dealer listening to what we're talking about right now, and if we're not wrapping our heads around this conversation, what do we need to do to make sure that we have our ducks in a row, that we have a process that we have to work through? It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be uh, concrete. We're going to work through it, just like you had to work through it. It, well, was, it took about I mean, three, you, three years, and we're yeah. still not, we still have a long way to go. One of the things too, and I know we got to go here, but one of the things that I absolutely loved about what you said is that you got the entire team together. You worked through it. You said, what can we do to put this together to make this work, to be able to communicate better with our customers right now? And that's when that pandemic hit. And, we, and you said, okay, it wasn't just you. It was you got everyone in your team involved and giving idea and feedback. How do we make this thing work? That I think if more dealers need to do, get the team together. What do we need to make this thing happen? And that to me is a leader. That is a leader in the industry. And that's what it takes. And a lot of the problems that they brought up were, were so right in front of my face. I didn't, I just didn't even see them. And they yeah. said, well, how are we going to do that without this and this and this? And yeah, to your right, to your point. And, and every single day they would say, hey, I just figured this out. And, and it was a very exciting time because they were, it was like, you know, landing on the moon at that point. <laughs> right. I can imagine what it felt like. It, but then once we did that, then there was a whole other thing about with accounting that I hadn't anticipated, which, you know, went back in my face because they didn't know where to get the documents, hadn't thought around that corner. And that's another right. conversation for another day. It certainly is. It certainly is. Well, again, um, I, I got to say it was a pleasure to have you here um, on my podcast. And um, let's not let's bring you back on a couple times. And I'm still I'm going to go ahead and throw this out. I'd love to have you on a live talk with Becky Chernick. And we can go live on LinkedIn. We can go live on Facebook. So that would be fun, too. So um, again, lots to unpack here for a lot of our dealers and, you know, how we just go about, you know, um, beating the competition and doing what others just won't do. So I, I want to wish you and obviously your group um, a fantastic uh, 2022. 
And thank you again for being on this podcast. No, thanks for having me, Becky. I really appreciate it. You've been listening to Make Your Ebonite Profit Stick with Becky Chernick. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe, leave a rating or review wherever you're listening right now. And don't forget to share to Facebook or your favorite social media platform. Keep in mind, I offer the very best in an in-dealership or remote Evanite training since 2001 for automotive, recreational, and allied industry professionals. Get all your managers on the same page and make those Evanite profits stick.